Pastor Xavier Reese extols the simple truths of fatherhood. Fathers, you have to make sure that what you teach your children about godliness is confirmed in your life. Or they will have no reason to believe the promises and power of God. Or they will rebel and then blame God. First Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth. Be an example to believer in word and conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity. We're not talking about perfection here, but we're talking about walking in the Spirit. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. When we see fatherhood portrayed on TV or in the movies, usually the joke is on Dad. But coming up, and in honor of Father's Day, Pastor Xavier takes a serious look into the simple truths of the role of fatherhood from the author of life itself, and that's God's divine plan for families as presented in Scripture. Let's listen. Fathers are an incredible gift of God to the home and to society. And they're the guardians of the home and society after God's model. So what I want to do is speak to you men on this Father's Day about the value of fathers in the home. And I want to give you three hooks to hang your thoughts on. First, fathers are spiritual leaders. Second, fathers are models of husbands. And thirdly, fathers are heads of their homes. These three are vital for a home to flourish, for a society to be healthy and safe. It goes right back to the beginning because God's revelation of himself in Genesis 1.26. Father had to acknowledge that the role is according to God's revelation of their creator. In Genesis 1.26, God created man in his own image and after his own likeness. That means that God is able to think, make decisions, love, hate, everything else. Man has the same thing. Now... God has always revealed to man his will and his standard by the revelation of his word. Even as he did here in Genesis, at the beginning, he has done this throughout history, through the scriptures. Second Timothy 3.16 and 70 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, as proper for doctrine, correction, and instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So God gives his word to direct and guide. How to live. What not to do. The word profitable. For instruction also means in righteousness, the whole train of a child's what it refers to the education could cultivate moral and mind. Spiritually, the man of God further is described as being thoroughly equipped, meaning it's a double emphasis here that you're complete for and sufficient for all that God calls you to do. He enables you as you agree with him upon him. And God is sufficient for these things. And if we don't depend on God then we're going to depend on ourselves. And that's the choice we have. And that's the choice that you have to make if you don't know Jesus Christ. Whether you're going to continue to go with the flow of culture or whether you're going to recognize that you're a sinner and let God change your life. Those are the only two choices you make, ladies and gentlemen. No other. And so the lives of a Christian father will impact the lives of others, not just their own children. But God has put you here as a model for society. So as a father, people are looking at you, your neighbor, where you work, people you come in contact. And so as ambassadors for Christ, as fathers, as we're serving our home and our children and our, our wives and all that, all this stuff is going on, people looking in. As we're being faithful fathers, then we will have an opportunity to implore others to be reconciled with Christ when they ever ask us. Fathers are to be spiritual leaders. Secondly, fathers are to be models of husbands. 
Remember, fathers, you're teaching your children. Fathers are to love their wives. As Christ loved the church, Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. And the word of love there is agape. It's sacrificial. And it's compared to Christ loving the church. He gave himself for her. Love is uh, selfless. Describing the relationship of Christ to the church and the husband to the wife. Father, to love their wives knowing that they're the weaker vessel. 1 Peter 3, 7 tells us that. Uh, God did this by design. The woman has a smaller skeletal frame, less muscle. The man is stronger. It's by design for work, for, for carrying the big load of life. Emotionally, we're different. Ladies, you have greater highs, greater lows. Eve was deceived, but Adam transgressed. Why? Because Adam didn't oversee his house properly, and Satan came to Eve, and she was deceived because she makes decisions by her emotions more than a man. So, that doesn't mean men can't be deceived, but women are deceived more. So, God has put a man to care for, to protect his wife. Simple. Fathers are also to protect their wives. Not only for men, but you have to protect her from your family members. <laughs> In-laws, alias, outlaws. There's a three-circle, concentric circle. The center circle is the bullseye. Your wife, your husband, your children. The outside circle, immediate family. The outside circle, friends. The friends are allowed in the family circle by permission. Some closer than others, right? In that concentric circle of family, father, mother, sister, brothers, cousins, whatever, family, dog, only come in to the bullseye. Your husband, your wife, your children, by permission. Some closer than others. Simple. You both agree on this, and you both stick to that, biblically, and you won't have ill feelings or bitterness towards each other. And you'll be back to back, having full armor. Never allowing anyone to divide you. Not father, not mother, not brother, not sister, and especially the little rugrats. We'll get to them. <laughs> You're one. Fathers are to provide for their wife. Your children will be looking at that also. With a home to live in. Now, you may not be able to provide the same accommodations that she was raised with her dad. And that's good. That doesn't, that's not the, the case. And it's good that you begin with nothing, you see? So when you grow together, you know what God has done through you, then you appreciate, you value it. The best days of your life together will be when you had nothing. You may say, shut up. Listen, you just wait. Time teaches you that. Because things don't make you happy. It's your relationship with God and with each other that makes you happy. You understand? You can only be in one room at one time in a house. Who cares if you have a hundred rooms? Having everything, you have nothing if you're not happy. You understand? The wife will have a sense of security in your decisions, how you lead, because you follow Christ. Trusting you. Knowing that you're thinking of her and the decisions you make. And even when there's risky ones, because she sees your pattern, she sees your past, she sees your history, she sees your godly. She prays for you, she trusts you, you understand? That's important. Now, it's important that when you make decisions, again, that you are thinking of the family. If you don't walk with God, then you'll think of yourself always. You know, it's like a husband that asks his family, okay, let's go out to dinner. Go, okay. Well, you know, I don't know, let's get in the car, we'll discuss it. So you drive down the street and you say to your kids, hey, where do you want to go? They go, I want to go to McDonald's. Ah, not McDonald's. Where do you want to go? I want Jack in the Box. I don't want Jack in the Box. 
And you write, and you write, and they all say no. And then you go to your wife. What do you want to go, hon? She goes, well, let's go to North Hood. Nah, I don't want to go there. And they all go, where do you want to go, dad? Well, I want to go here. And that's where you go. Why'd you ask them? <laughs> we have that tendency, guys. And we're just happy riding that Lord. And we're just eating, and everyone's like this. <laughs> but here's the best. Fathers are to have their wives as their best friends. They read the song of Solomon? My friend. This doesn't come overnight. Being best friends comes through difficulties, through scars, through tears. And the attention you give her through the day, it begins when you get out of bed. How you get up, what you say. Little things you might do, might call her during the day, whatever it may be. The time you spend with her, the conversations you have. We're different as men and women, so we have to think to go out of our way. Again, knowing my responsibility, then I have to seek the Lord for that. We're not going to hit it all the time, guys. Okay? But, but she's going to see our heart and our intentions, and that's what's important. When he opens up to you, ladies, when he's burdened down, when um, difficulties are at the job or whatever it may be, you open your heart to him. You lay hands on him, pray for him, encourage him. All of that means a lot. You understand? That's where life is. And that you can trust one another. You never betray your trust as husband and wife. You keep your business to yourself. You only share your business with those you both agree with, someone who has confidence and is confidential if you need to. And you don't go to your mother and father because the one's going to favor the other one. They're too close. You understand? They may be godly people, but they're just too close. It's not good. And that's the advantage of being in the church, that you have godly friends, you have godly pastors that you can talk, and that's it. You understand? But it shouldn't be a dependency. It's only, you know, to clear some things up so that you can see it straight or to, you know, um, encourage you to go for it, whatever it may be. But you never betray each other's trust. Because once trust goes, it's very hard to build. But I think more than anything, regardless of the actions, the most important thing is attitude. And, and we have to have that adjusted every day. It's a constant thing. We're sinners. And so again, that openness to each other. And the tragic case today is that much of the church is catering to the people in the pews with the standard of the culture. And because the culture is so corrupt and so decayed and so decadent that pastors from the pulpit are giving to the people things that are not going to offend the culture. God help us. We're to proclaim the standard of God, dependent on God, so the culture can change, so the people in the culture can have a way out. That's the hope. And sometimes people get upset when I speak about the family and that. Oh, that's not reality. Well, no, duh. That's why we're teaching. You need to line yourself in reality because if you keep believing the lie, you're going to pay for it. And it is a lie. You must live the truth according to what God declares. It'll cost you. You've got to die to self. You've got to agree that you're a sinner. You've got to depend on Him. You've got to obey Him. And you've got to fight for everything you get because you are born into warfare if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian then you need to be a Christian. You, you, you won't be able to do it. 
It's impossible. Your children will be witness to your love, fathers, for their mother. And the things you do, the things you say, how you do them, what you do for her. Your appreciation, your tenderness. I hope they see you hug her, kiss her. I hope they see the affection. Fathers, you're teaching your children, your daughters mainly, and your son, how to be fathers and husbands. How to treat a woman, how, to, how a man and woman relationship takes place. You understand? Your obedience to God, gentlemen, to be a godly husband, will return to you. Causing her to be secure in herself by knowing how much you love and appreciate her. And how you appreciate her physical attraction to you. Your complete commitment to her. Secure. But she's your center of attention. Causing her to know your intimate passion and satisfaction and delight in her. Being the only one you desire to meet your needs and thanking God for her. You understand? I'm talking about reality. Fathers are to be models of husbands. Your children are looking, gentlemen. Third and last, fathers are to be the heads of their homes. This is what it winds down to. Fathers are to be examples of the high priest of their home. By studying the word of God. Ephesians 5.23, the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Allowing your children to see the change in you first as you study God's word. Allowing them to see daily your relationship with the Lord. Not just on Sundays. You see? Because they'll bust you. Kids are, you know, they, they, just, they just speak straight out. No big deal. By making a decision in the fear of God, based on the word of God. Very important. That they see you when you make decisions, when you look at things, when you deal with things. In view of the one day you will have to give an account to God for your decisions, you're affecting your wife, your children. By instructing your children in the word of God. Now, as they're little, you don't lay an hour Bible study on them. <laughs> when our children were growing up, we took them through the cartoon, you know, like, like comic strip at first, all through the Bible, and then the different Bible. You keep moving them up on the level, and you make it short, you make it sweet, and you, die, and you live it. And as they grow up, they move into their normal standard Bible. But that you teach them, you instruct them, you take that time, that they may live for the Lord. That they may receive the blessing. The Lord always pointed to that. How God will bless them. Always teaching them. You know, there's a lot of your friends that are they're nice people and all that, but they don't know the Lord. So you have to be careful on what you, what you learn from them, what you follow. You're an example too. You're there to be a light to them. It's important. And that they may honor the Lord. And always letting your children know that, you know, I'm not always going to be around. So if your obedience is just when I'm around, then you'll never obey God. Your obedience should be because God sees everything. And those are the things that your children learn from you fathers as the head of that home. One day they will rise up and call you blessed. Between now and then they'll call you many other things. Don't worry about it. It's okay. And fathers are to be examples of godliness by providing that example, commitment to godliness, living it out. Again, wherever it may be, at home or work, whatever it is. Teaching them that um, 
food and raiment and all that. If God provides and He will provide faithfully, you know, we don't live for those things. To be thankful for the smallest of things, it begins with you. If you let your children abuse the things they have and don't teach them to evaluate, they'll, they'll grow worse. It's important. That riches are a problem. They destroy people. The love of money is the problem, not the money itself. And they learn those principles from you, gentlemen, from the home. Your attitude, your instruction. By pointing out the basic principles of consequences in Galatians uh, 6, 7 through 10, that uh, God won't be mocked. Whatever man sows, he'll also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. And God will allow you as you, your child grows for you to share certain things of your own life. Now, be careful as parents. Sometimes parents, you know, they live the really debauched life and they just dump it on their kids. I don't, I don't go for all that. All right? It's enough to tell your kids to say, you know what? I wasn't a Christian and I wasn't a very nice person. And there may be times and situations when God will allow you to share specific things as they're growing because of the need of the situation. Okay? But you use wisdom. You use discretion. It's important. And so that they fear God. Because they only fear you, then it's only as long as they see you. But also by praying for your children. This is probably the greatest thing. The older I get, the more I depend on prayer. My, my son just called me at the, between breaks from Afghanistan to wish me a uh, happy Father's Day. That you're praying for your children all the time. Not only... As you're raising them when they're asleep or when they get a teenager, they're in school, they go out. But constantly praying for them. Job in chapter 1, as you know, interceded for his children. He said, lest perhaps they sin against God. If you think your children are little angels, let me tell you what holds up their halo, their horns. (laughs) They're your children. That's the problem. They're just like you, like me. And so realizing the sinfulness of man, realizing the world corrupt as it is, and Satan, I, I go to prayer for my children, for my grandchildren, for my son-in-law, for my daughter-in-law. I pray because I know Satan would love nothing better than to destroy. You understand? Fathers are to be examples of discipline also. Our culture is completely against that. Confronting your children and their failures is important. How you deal with them will depend on what the infraction is. As you know, David was a bad disciplinarian. He never corrected Amnon in that severe rape of his daughter and his sister Tamar. And that provoked Amnon to be killed by uh, Absalom. Horrible. Samuel observed how Eli never restrained his children. They were laying with the women, stealing from the offerings. Corrupt. Gentlemen, you better restrain your children. You better call them to attention. They live in your home. You're responsible to God. There's no problem in my home. When they get up, old enough, they want to leave, that's up to them. But I still continue to pray for them. And I still continue to warn them. I can't force them, but I continue to pray and to warn. Why? Because I love them. I don't want to see my children go to hell. You understand? Proverbs 19, 18 says, Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. Very hard. Particularly they rebel. 
because we know the consequences. But I have to go to prayer. I have to bring my son, my daughter before the throne of grace. You understand? Because no one can change their heart except the Lord. But God won't force them. They have to obey just like you do. I don't know how all that works out. But I pray. My son's in Afghanistan. I've got the little chat line up and see when he's on or not. And sometimes he can talk to me. Sometimes I can't. I do the hands on the thing. I pray. I pray for him. I trust God to take care of my son. You understand? Or you go crazy. The official flower on Father's Day is the dandelion. Because the more it is trampled upon, the better it grows. Gentlemen, God has made us, he's made us tonka toys. We can take it. Makes us stronger as we look to the Lord. No other way. And so, fathers, you set the tone for your home spiritually as your children see you read and study the Word of God, as they see you on your knees praying, as they see your consistency as a family going to church, not just when it's convenient. You are teaching your children the priorities of life by the Word, prayer, consistent living, and going to church. If you don't do that, you will be a destruction agent to your children. Trust me. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, My son, hear the instructions of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains on your neck. A great reward. Character. Spiritual bling bling. <laughs> Fathers, you have to make sure that what you teach your children about godliness is confirmed in your life. Or they will have no reason to believe the promises and power of God. Or they will rebel and then blame God. But then God in His grace at times allows your children to be the ones who are praying for you and to bring you back to Christ. God is so good, isn't He? First Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth. Be an example of the believer in word and conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity. We're not talking about perfection here, but we're talking about walking in the Spirit. Keeping your account short, loving the Lord, going forward. Fathers, God will hold you responsible one day for your home and your children. Having called you to lead your home, He has enabled you as a high priest. I commend many of you men who have come to Christ. What a difference you have made to your wife and your children. What a difference you have made to your neighborhood and your place you work in society. God uses it for His glory. Paul put it this way, and he couldn't say it any better in Ephesians 3, 20-21. He says, Now to Him was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. As long as you see your need of God and your insufficiency for life, you will be in a good place. But when you get to the place where you think you're strong and you've got it all wired, you're going to get hung up in your own wire. You will destroy yourself. The value of fathers in the home is priceless. Fathers are to be spiritual leaders. Fathers are to be models of a husband. And fathers are to be 
the heads of their home. That's what the church is all about. Nothing less. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths for fathers on strengthening the home through godly leadership in the home. Hear this program again when you click the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com or request your own copy of today's special Father's Day study, The High Call of Fathers, available on CD for just $4. And this is one message you'll want to share with those in your church or Bible study. A title once again, The High Call of Fathers. And here's where to address your request. Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Thanks for telling us the call letters of this station, however you get in touch. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 